Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. I'm thinking about the Jeremy Renner app again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to Team Wait. Girl Talk. Oh my god, so sorry. I was just thinking that what if at the end of Black Widow, Julia Lu- Louise Dreyfus just shows, like, Yelena a picture of the Jeremy Renner app? <laughs> oh my god, that should happen. Um, I, You know what? Opportunity missed. Because by then, I mean, in the timeline, it would have made sense that the Jeremy Renner app was, like, available still. I think because they were in like 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we should definitely write a letter to the director and be like, "Director's cut. You superimpose the Jeremy Renner app on that screenshot." <laughs> I'm sure somebody's already done it on like Tumblr. Damn it! It's so true. Okay. Welcome to Teen Girl Talk. Teen Girl Talk. I'm Susie Coda. I'm Frank and Coda. And for the summer, we are wrapping up with Teen Beach Movie. Which sounds like one of those not another movie movies, but is actually stranger. <laughs> like so much more inexplicably strange. And we want to thank the listener who recommended it to us. Oh, um, Isling. Yes. Um, she obviously knows what we're looking for. Um, and I was Frank and I were chatting about this before we started recording, and I was like. There is a point where I just kind of like I I broke with reality and I was like, okay, Teen Beach movie makes sense in this realm. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Question mark. Well, but, what, what we really got here is a like G-rated version of the final girls. Yes. Um, so the premise of Teen Beach movie, and my goodness, if the opening scene and, like, that opening exposition dump is not incredibly clunky. This is a made-for-Disney TV movie. Um, and the still on the Disney Plus app, I was like, is this, like, an Uncanny Valley high school musical cast? Because everybody looks like a one-off of a different Disney character. Um, our lead was like looking kind of like Selena Gomez, um, Vanessa Hudgensy to me, but just like just like a little different enough. And then there are just multiple <laughs> Zac Efron sort of like one-offs. They like they're the knockoff. They're the Bizarro um, Zac Efrons. Yeah, because they, like, if if you were tuning a radio, they're just, like, a quarter of a knob turn the other way. Where you're, like, close, but not. So, we get a surfing montage. 
there is almost immediately a joke about surfing green screen after we see, I, like, were they, they were on a soundstage, right? They were not actually in the water. That's what, uh, that's what I was trying to figure out. Um, because to kind of point the figure at the 1962 beach movie, Wet Side Story, which sounds exactly like an adult film and not like, you know, kind of a beach blanket bingo film. Oh, she did. She did actually do her own surfing. Okay, so there is real surfing in this movie, but everything is filmed in a way where I was kind of like, what is reality? What is real? I I'm un- unclear. Um, so yeah, this this movie kind of just brings you in and just doesn't let go. <laughs> yeah, and I so. I, I saw The Night House last night, and it, it's very spooky and scary, and I felt anxious through the whole thing, and I did not see the twist coming. But I didn't think it was, like, 1,000% successful, but when I was talking to Mom about it today, she was like, well, it's neat that they, you know, did not go with uh, sort of the predictable um Like, you know, redoing a film, etc. And I have to say... You know what? I'm right off the bat. I'm gonna compliment Teen Beach movie. Um, it wasn't what I expected, but also I did not know what to expect. Like, what did you go into this movie thinking it was going to be? Um, I thought it was going to be like a High School Musical light, um, except on a beach. You know, everybody's just singing all the time and. You know, there's some nonsense, like, conflict. And there's plenty of nonsense conflict in this, admittedly. I mean, uh, the way that the the dead mom is bandied around, like, I feel weird doing, like, a trigger warning for parental death with this film. Because the the way it is treated is, like, the way you would say, my car is in the shop. And so it really affects things. (laughs) (laughs) There was a moment I was watching this and like they brought up, you know, the deceased mom. And I was just like, you could really just make a bingo film, bingo, like scorecard with some of our films. But then I was just like, that's a bit too like, that's a bit too. But it's true. Like, I mean, (laughs) having recently lost a parent, the way I, I felt like it was treated it did feel slotted in in this film. Um, and not not to come down too hard. Like so many um, of our other films also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kissing Booth. Like, yeah. she's constantly like, my mom, my mom, my mom. But, like, it's a lot of telling and not a lot of showing. And I felt the same way about this film. Where I, I really felt like it was a little bit disparaging the way it was talked about. The fact that her mom didn't go to college because she was pregnant. I didn't love that. And then her justification for having to go to the prep school. I feel like we haven't seen such a convoluted sort of like web of, you know, I have to be in the right places since that Lifetime movie where people were murdering each other for $5,000 of scholarship money. (laughs) Like, I was like, but there's no... Like, why this prep school? Why prep school in general? What does she want to do in her lifetime even what college does she want to go to what major does she want we don't get any of that it's i mean 
Brady is the the viewer surrogate, correct? Like where he's like, "Why are you going to that school? Why are you leaving? Why are you doing this?" And the, the justification is never good. Yeah, um, and here's my thing: is like they are, like it's very much. Um, for me, it's very much. It was very confusing because I was like, "Aren't you? Aren't these people rich?" Because like. You know, she's like, oh, my mom never had all these chances. I'm like, but but you're clearly loaded. Like, surfing is not exactly, like, the poor man's sport. Like, you're living on, like, a tropical paradise already, you know? And there's, okay, her grandfather, uh, and this is never really expanded upon. Her grandfather lives in a beachside, I'm going to say shack with heavy quotations, because it's not a shack. It seems to be a, you know, four-bedroom ranch home that he maintain surfboards out of question mark and then oh my god then there is a magical family surfboard (laughs) i mean so the other part about this movie is you might think i would forget that there's 18 plot lines because there's so much singing but as i'm recounting it now i'm like right the magical surfboard barely factors into this so like we there. Oh my gosh. Okay. So our main character, not Buck, not Bo. Brady. No, no, no. The girl. Mac. Mac Mac and Brady are surfing. They go inside. Brady takes off running. He wants to go see grandpa. At this point, I cannot figure out if they are siblings or dating. (laughs) Because I'm like, is that your grandpa or her grandpa? And she, like, kind of friends. So I was like, oh, it's probably her, his grandpa, and she doesn't want to go see his grandpa. And then it's her grandpa. There's a little bit of talk about this West Side Story movie that what, the grandpa and Brady and Wait, Susie. Left. It's not called West Side Story. It's Wet Side Story. I know. I already said that, and I already said it sounded like an adult film. <laughs> um, so they so watched... The, so, so the plot of this movie is that surfers and bikers just can't get along because ne- they can't apparently share, like, Big Mama's place or whatever the fuck it's called. I can't even touch that with, like, a thousand foot pole. Like, that that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Why are bikers at a beachside bar in full leather? Okay, so here's it's my... Th- presumably the summer, and they're all wearing a million layers. <laughs> so here's my thing. And I, I... Part of me, like, really doubts this, but part of me really wants it to be true. In the movie okay. that was featured on MST3K, Horror at Party Beach, mm-hmm. there is a massive fight between bikers and surfers. And I'm kind of wondering if the, the writer got inspiration for that. For, for this from that. I mean, this is very much like in every beach movie. Like, they're they're really sort of, like, trafficking in that trope. But the other part is, how much do children who watch the Disney Channel care about that trope? How much do they love 1950s, you know? Well, 1962 specifically, but it looked like it was set in the 1950s. And I I was sort of, like, my resounding kind of feeling the entire time was, why is any of this happening? Here's the other part. I have no 
idea what timeline Brady and Mac live in. Is it the 90s? Is it the early 2000s? Is it yesterday? Like, what? Where are they in time? They are unstuck in time because we start out not knowing where they are. Uh, we we do know that Brady has a cell phone. Um, so I'm going to guess it's at least after 2010. Um, it could be after 2003. Yeah. Um, Is it a smartphone? Do we see it? No, we don't really. And um, he mentions it, and she says that doesn't exist because we're in 1962. And he's like, I could call my parents who weren't born yet. So I'm like, what year do you guys live in? Yeah. So here's like here's the thing. Like, yeah. So like, if, like I'm thinking kind of nearer to it. Like Sharpay's fabulous adventure. Where I'm like, I don't hate this. Like, it's not as bad. Sharpay's fabulous adventure was really boring and like not. It didn't matter that it was set in New York. And I kind of like that. Who is it? Ashley Tisdale? Yes. I like her in the high school musical movies, which made it so much more confusing that they sort of washed out the personality here, like in Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. But then with this movie, I felt like we really were not given enough time to care about Mac or Brady at all. And the whole sort of conflicts with conflict was cruxed on her aunt shows up, Aunt Antoinette, who's not really a villain, who's not super evil or anything. She just says, you know, like, hey, you guys made a deal where Mac would get to be here for the first two years of high school. And then I take her to prep school. Mac seems amenable to this. Um so kind of when all of, so Brady starts yelling immediately, what, which I did not like. But what do you mean you're leaving? You're leaving? You're leaving? What do you mean you're leaving? And I was like, <laughs> so are they dating? At this point, I'm still <laughs> unsure. He says, oh, what do you mean you're leaving? No less than like five or six times. And I'm like, she's departing from one place to another. That's what leaving means. Yeah, and so she says, I wanted to tell you, but I didn't know how, which I think is very strange because, again, they were supposed to have had this magical summer of, like, surfing and canoodling. There's no kissing because it's a Disney movie, which is fine. But, again, it I was sort of like, are they dating? Question mark. So <clears throat> then um, there is apparently storm conditions the next day that Mac really wants to surf in. She's waited her entire life to surf in these. They they do he like they do say we're breaking like Mac's not Mac. Brady's like we're breaking up and like she's like and yes. she says I care about you too much. <clears throat> Again, she throws out the I know what it's like to miss people. She's referring to her mom, who has passed. It's very different than moving away, <laughs> which so again, I find that a little bit offensive that she is comparing moving out of state to dying. And like, I, I believe Brady brings that up. He's like, but we could stay together. And she's like, no, <laughs> Susie, you, you lost a dad. I lost a trainer. I mean, yeah, this is, like, right up there with don't go to college with a boyfriend, where I'm like, but why? And although Kissing Booth has told us that 
you know, if you're still dating someone and they're at college and you're not, you're probably going to accuse them constantly and relentlessly of cheating on you. And you're going to do like 5,000 really expensive fun things during the summer, despite the fact that you somehow have no money, according to the plot of the movie. Um, And people actively call your character poor (laughs) to your face. (laughs) Like, you know, I really wish it was just like some very specific piece of advice. Like one, you know, one of these moms or deceased parents gave just like, don't use warrior on rainbow road. And like, yeah. th- that became the crux of the films. Like we got to win the Mario Kart tournament. Oh, but like I, I need speed. I got to use Wario. And it's just like, don't use Wario on rainbow road. <laughs> and it's like, and then I remembered the wise words of my dear beloved mother. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay, strange move, but all right. So <laughs> what happens is for some reason, Brady is not surfing. And, um, Mac swims out. She has left a note for, I guess, Aunt Antoinette, who we won't see again. Um, you'll, no, you'll see her briefly at the end. <laughs> so they did not, so they did not finish the movie again. Wow, uh, way to snitch me out, Frank. I didn't. Now that I know, Aunt Antoinette comes back later in the film, but. I guess the note about surfing and being back in time for the flight is for her. I because yeah, but, what, ha- but what that's what's confusing to me is that the only person at the like she's Mac is staying at her grandfather's house, and she leaves the note there. And Aunt, Aunt Antoinette is staying at a hotel somewhere, so it's just like, hey, I'll be back for my flight, uh, Grandpa and Brady, assumingly, like. So, unless she's going to be gone for, like, six hours, like, Antoinette is never going to know she went to serve a 40-foot wave. And the other part is, Grandpa and Brady know because they're there on the beach watching. And she says to Brady, why did you come? And he was like, well, I wanted to see you surf. So then I was like, well, then why isn't Brady surfing? Because Brady is the one who taught her how to surf. I don't know. Like, it's so confusing. Um, I I guess we really need to get not caught in the weeds with what is seemingly a very small detail in a confounding film. But I was like, it would be so much easier to just, like, not have her leave a note, just have her be irresponsible because of her love of surfing. Especially because in the end, guess what? She continues her love of surfing. Yes. Um, so, How old are they supposed to be? 14, 15? I think so. Mm. Um, I'm assuming also that, like, because here's my other thing about this, is that she wants to go surf a 40-foot wave. Like, I don't know that much about waves, but that seems really dangerous. Like, maybe Brady was like, I'd better stick around in case she needs, like, something happens, but it most inevitably will. Um, but she does. Yeah. So she the lifeguard is waving the red flag everywhere, and both Grandpa and Brady, with again the kind of tone you would say, "Oh shoot, I have a flat," or like, "Oh, what's she doing? She's not swimming in. She's swimming further out." Yeah. Um, for somebody who's so focused on her future, she's being very reckless with it. Anyway, very cavalier. Um. So yeah. Um, eventually Brady's like, oh no, there's a problem, or I need to tell her to come back in. I better hop on this jet ski. I'm like, is that his jet ski? Is that somebody else's <laughs> jet ski? Like, what happened? Like, they also don't bring up the jet ski when they go into the past, because that's what happens. They go into the past. But um, the magical surfboard 
which was passed down to her grandfather by his grandfather, does make it to the past. Yes, and it glows for some reason. This glowing will never be addressed. No. <laughs> and because I did not watch the last 15 minutes, I, do they explain the surfboard's magic? Uh, yes, it brings forth titans and they eat Brady. Frank! <laughs> whenever, whenever you don't finish watching a movie, I'm just going to tell you Titans ate everybody. Um, no, they don't. I they, with this movie, I believe you. <laughs> they still don't explain it. Um, and Antoinette's like, you need to follow your dreams and stay here or for the rest of the summer. Then you'll go to private school or whatever. And then um, the rest, the kids from the 19th the film appear in the real world and are confounded by a cell phone. I what? <laughs> So they're not, it's not that they've come from 1962 into now and that they've aged up, right? Because they would be middle-aged. Yeah, they, they'd be, yeah, they'd be in their 40s. So are they, like, basically people made of celluloid? No, they're just, like, regular people, and they're just confounded by a cell phone. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, you're skipping all over all the best parts, which is about two dozen songs. Um, so, <laughs> and by two well, dozen songs, you mean like the one song played six times in like six different ways, and then one kind of slow song. Yes, accurate. <laughs> so, um, my notes are like the ravings of a lunatic. Mackenzie dash parents question mark Brady leaving tomorrow. Uh, what does this say? Oh, Dunkirk Preparatory Academy. I don't like that Brady is yelling at her. Oh my gosh! Again, things are just thrown out and then immediately forgotten. There is a point where they're discussing the fact that she's supposed to go to the Preparatory Academy, and she says, "Here in my mom's journal." And she's just, like, quoting her mom's journal like it's a textbook. And I was like, is Brady familiar with the fact that she's just, like, gonna pull out the journal all the time? <laughs> like, is this a thing that happens between them? And then, I mean, again, the cabin that the grandfather stays in is surrounded by palm trees with no other houses. But when we see her go out and surf the 40-foot wave, there's, like, just six random dudes watching the surf and a lifeguard. And I'm like, where is this? Um, according, to, according to the internet, it was filmed in Puerto Rico. Okay. Um, so they get, they, like, kind of come up for air, land from the rescue effort. And uh mac is like something feels strange and brady's like oh it's not a big deal we got just got transported into wet side story they're about to start a musical number it's no no big deal and mac is only a little bit more distressed than brady is in this moment <laughs> like brady full like buys in fully like oh yeah we're just we're in a movie now we've been transported into a film wait what are you upset about <laughs> i mean we're in the film they're i love this number where they're singing about I don't even know there's like a lot of dancing there's a lot of like surfboard choreography and I immediately was like okay <laughs> well, someone refers to this as a surf and turf war and I was like I'm pretty angry right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 
pretty much inconsolable at this point. And we're only, because I, I checked that time code. At this point, we're only about 17 minutes in. I mean, I, I, you, okay, so here's the thing. And I will give this over, um, I forget. Oh, that, 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 uh, what's her name? Sabrina something dance movie we watched. Where I'm like, the dancing is boring. I'm like, I'm at least entertained by this dancing. Like, oh, it's wait, not... the ballet movie? No. Yeah. The one where she's like hip hop dancing. It was a Netflix yes. movie. Yes. That movie. Okay. See, I mean, Frank, this is such a great juxtaposition because I watched this movie and I'm like, I don't know. This kind of stuff is like pretty nutty and I am not super into hearing the same song refrained multiple times. But then I think of a movie like that where I'm just like, wow, I am just so absent from any engagement in anything happening in this film. And I'm given a new appreciation for Teen Beach movie. It was work it. It was work it. <laughs> I, Frank, gun to my head, I could not tell you anything that happened in that film except at first she is bad at dancing. Um, I was just gonna the one thing I remember is that one girl just constantly hitting on the mattress salesman. I kind of remember that. I remember and, a mattress <laughs> store. I don't and, remember anything else. And him being like, guys, you gotta stop coming to hang out here. I have a work I have a job to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh boy. Do you know what's funny though? Chi Chi in this film is from Step Up to the Streets, a far superior dance movie to work it. Yes. Um, She's so, the one who comes over from the um, dance crew that I, I cannot remember the name of the um, actress who stars in Step Up to the Streets and helps train them all. I'm looking it up. Um, so, yeah. Um, and in this, she has a beehive. Okay, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it, I, I, I don't want to fully hate on this movie because, like I said, I didn't hate it completely. Like, I'm like still not like super jazzed on it, but like I like. It liked... was a hot mess express, but yeah. not not in a terrible way. Like, like there, there, like if I like kissing Booth three, I was just like, oh god, I had to like go back and keep watching like this in ten minute things. Like, this was just, like, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this. Once I got started, I was like, I can get through this. Um, yeah, but... Kissing Booth 3 was exhausting. <laughs> like, I feel like Amanda the Jedi said it best when she was like, too many conflicts. Like, with this, I feel like we never revisit a conflict. It's just like, how do you feel about this plot thread? Never mind. I'm moving on. We'll never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... Like I just I I and I was like I really liked the the choreography and the 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 costume designs. Like I thought all the bikers were just like in super cool costumes, um, and you know the da the the musical numbers weren't terrible. Like I enjoyed those. Uh, I was like this is everything this... was very high energy. Yeah, um, and there was like a lot of winky stuff happening the whole time. Yeah, so um. Like, they just jump cut to night. So, oh, <laughs> sorry. I, I bring up the jump cuts. The first time we see this the surfboard glow, it's just like the, the flower <laughs> on it glows. I love that's a sentence you have to say. <laughs> the, the flower on the surfboard glows. Immediate smash cut to, a, like, an exterior shot of Grandpa's cabin. I'm like, ah, what? I'm being thrown violently into the next scene. Like... <laughs> 
It reminded me very much of a of the night house because the night house is a spooky house on a lake, and this is a a house that I think is supposed to be joyous, but is very spooky to me, just like on the beach by itself. I keep hope. I'm I'm starting to hope that like everything is going to be compared to the night house from now on, just like how. <laughs> At one point, I was going to compare everything to that one time Turtle made Vince from Entourage stand in line for sneakers, and I never did. Okay. So this is so great. And, and <laughs> listeners, long-time listeners of the podcast might remember this. Frank decided that he wanted to compare real life to Entourage all the time, and then it became abundantly clear almost immediately Frank had seen exactly one episode of Entourage and couldn't remember any of the characters' names and kept just trying to compare things to this one, I think the first episode of Entourage. <laughs> Way to be a man of the people, Aquaman. Um, that's, what, that's what somebody says to Vince. Um, cool. I I mean, it's already working. I'm so glad that you brought this weird goal you had back to life. <laughs> All right, we were yeah, we were like 20 minutes of this movie. I, I, I'm so sorry. I, the rest of it is like just dance. Like my notes basically end in a page because <laughs> like it just was like dance number, dance number, dance number, and I I mostly wrote down lines I did not like like. Um, cruising for a bruising, a song that seems to go on forever <laughs> and is first about fighting, but then is about cruising for like chicks or whatever, but they use a different word for it. And then, so then we're introduced to the two leads of the film who immediately fall for it's Layla and. Le- Layla and Tanner. Yeah, and so they immediately fall for their opposite sex counterparts. And there was a point where Layla was being so complimentary to um, Mac that I was like, Disney, are you going there? But they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And because they all form... So what I thought was really interesting is that the women in the film form these like very intense friendships... And the guys just kind of stand in a room and mumble at each other a little bit. <laughs> just <laughs> like, like real life. <laughs> Layla and Mac are almost immediately bonded, having sleepovers. Uh, Mac lets Layla do her hair. And when I don't, I'm trying to even remember moments where Brady, um, and I cannot remember the lead actor's name again. What was his name? His actual Tanner? name? Tanner. <laughs> okay, where Brady... See, this is the thing. Like, Tanner is such a non-issue. Like, they they give Tanner lines like a himbo and then kind of have him just drift around like a kite and then immediately fall in love with Layla. Like, he he just drifts from one place to another because where the problem comes in is obviously the movie is scripted... Um, Brady has seen it enough times that he knows exactly what beats are supposed to happen. But Tanner is supposed to catch Layla when she's singing cruising for a bruising, which is, I, I think I understood this correctly about her brother, who is the leader of the bike gang, the rats. Yes. And, um, so then it turns into like falling, falling, falling for you. And she falls off of the stage into Brady's arms and she's like you saved my life and Brady was like 
it, it was only two feet. You wouldn't have fallen that far and you probably would have just broken a fingernail. And she's like, you're so brave. And Brady, even though he calls her a smoking girl, um, and like someone uses the word chick at some point, um, he only seems to have eyes for Mac, which again, I was confused about because Mac tells Layla that her and Brady are not together. And I was like, so they're not dating. And then later, <laughs> almost immediately after that, her and Brady have an argument where Brady's like, I only have eyes for you. And I was like, so they are dating? <laughs> the mystery for me in this film was, are Brady and Mac dating or not? <laughs> Susie showed me a picture of her, like, corkboard. I'm like, Susie, you don't need to go that deep. She's like, I'm almost there. I almost have it. Yeah, I'm like, it seems kind of like Mac is into Tanner and he made her what is uh, very clearly a flower wreath bought from Claire's boutique <laughs> but <laughs> that was immediately dashed against the rocks of life when Tanner kind of like ambles by Layla and is like I love you now we should tell Mac and Brady that we love each other that that that, uh, that flower um that flower crown gets discarded in the same way that Kissing Booth 3 discards plot lines several times and then nobody cares. <laughs> well, it's very weird because Tanner has known Layla. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. We forgot about the evil scientist and rich man who are building a weather machine. Did we forget to mention that? <laughs> this is a plot line that happens in Wet Side Story and somehow out of whole cloth Brady and Mac figure out that they need this plot line to happen so that a storm will be created by the weather machine so then they can ride the magic surfboard back into their timeline slash not a movie the jet ski completely forgotten who cares and um, Brady is like very he's pulling a Pleasantville and he's like why would I want to go back I just want to stay here forever isn't it nice we should just stay here forever uh, okay well that's kind of that that becomes kind of the issue is because um, Max shirt her rash guard as it's called disappears and they're like oh no it wasn't invented in, in this time period we weren't born in this time period we we're also going to disappear <laughs> Hi, Teen Girl Talk listeners. I want to tell you about a brand I genuinely love. Thousandfeld is redesigning sustainability for the next generation, starting with a fully circular sneaker. Each pair combines thoughtful design with modern and sustainably sourced materials, making them durable, comfortable, and recyclable. 97% of sneakers end up in a landfill, and we are not okay with that. Your sneakers no longer have to end up in the trash. They can be recycled. Let's design a brighter future. Zero waste, closed loop, sustainable. With Thousandfeld, the future of footwear. You can join the movement too at www.thousandfeld.com and make sure to use the promo code TEENGIRLTALK21 to get $21 off of your first order. Yeah, which there's nothing to indicate that that happens with the magic surfboard. Um, and they just, it's not like they start fading away. It's no Thanos snap. It, it, it just, <laughs> and at this point they're still talking about getting Mac 
to the boarding school and she's like, oh, you know, I need to like fulfill my mom's destiny. It's, it's very convoluted at best. It, it's a plot line that is built on, um, like, let's say a, a shaky, a shaky foundation. I was just thinking, like, what if they, like, after Endgame got released, they just, like, retrofitted that into everything? Uh-huh. Like, just like Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens are dancing in High School Musical, and, like, Zac Efron just starts disappearing. Like, um, Mickey... Like the Thanos snap, you mean? Yeah. Like, they're just this like, would be similar to Space Jam and how they used all of the Warner Brother IP to be in the audience of the LeBron James basketball game. It was confusing and not good. Yes. Um, but, I mean, that <laughs> was one of my... from uh, Clockwork Orange were there. Front row. <laughs> Reminds me how Amazon... That's the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, kids, the Droogs. Everybody oh, likes a little bit of the old ultra violence. Um <laughs> and also the um Michael Keaton penguin was there. <laughs> which was well, I mean, it's specifically it's the Danny DeVito penguin in the Michael Keaton Batman, but I was just sort of like, who greenlighted this? Every every episode of every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia brings Frank Reynolds, played by Dan DeVito, into becoming a bit more the Penguin from Batman Returns. It's funny, his mom and I had been re-watching it this summer, and in the first couple seasons of It's Always Sunny, he hasn't grown his hair out. He still looks pretty respectable, but by, like, season five, he's out of control. Like, his hair <laughs> is long. He They always make him, like, run places. Like, he'll be at a complete standstill, and all of a sudden he'll take off and, like, run out of frame. <laughs> always funny. Um, okay. Uh, speaking of always funny, not this movie. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, Brady does introduce himself as your knight in shining board shorts, and Layla says that's a long last name. Um, they have a pajama party. Frank's like, I'm gonna step right on that. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a pajama. And I, okay, I did like the fact that, like, he, here's my thing with this movie is I keep feeling like they were so close to making it really fun. Like, you know how in the final girls where they're like, 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 oh, the killer's chasing us. Quick, go into the flashback. And, like, they have to step over, like, the, you know, the subtitles, like, 1953 or whatever. Yeah. Like, they just made Maya a little bit more exasperated with everything that was going on. I would have liked this movie more. Or they played around with that a lot more. Who's Maya? Excuse me. Um, that's the name of the actress. Maya Mitchell plays um, Mac. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, she really seems to oscillate kind of with how she feels about this plan versus where they are and i'm i'm sort of like i am struggling with you know where she stands on everything for pretty much the whole film like you know there there are moments she's like where did these clothes come from <laughs> like what what is yeah, going on so there, there's like a lot of fourth wall breaking which i always like but then they kind of just don't take it far enough because when she is, like, giving Layla these speeches about, you know, you don't have to do what men want you to just because 
you have the agency to do whatever you want. I, I'm sort of like, like, where is this leading us? Like, I feel like the movie is trying to take us by the hand and eventually it is that, um, Mac realizes she has been doing things for other people, but it kind of, it it shows up kind of late and like at the point where she decides she's not going to go to prep school, there's 17 minutes left in the movie. I know this because it's where I forgot to pick up again, but like, I was like, how do they wrap this all up in 17 minutes? Like the weather, oh, we never finished the thing with the weather machine. So, like, there is an evil scientist named Dr. Fusion, and he is hired by a wealthy man who wants all the bikers and all the surfers off of the beach. So, they're going to make it very humid to ruin everyone's hair, which I think is like a kitschy problem to have. But then, for some reason, this duo of men kidnap Mac and Brady. Because they're having a very loud conversation in the middle of the beach about how they have to stop Dr. Fusion. And this is when Tanner and Layla kind of wander into each other and then have a we're in love song break. But also at the same time, like right before they get kidnapped, um, Mac and Brady are realizing that like they're being enveloped by the film. Like, Mac is having a hard time talking without singing. And I was like, I kind of need this movie to pick a lane. <laughs> yeah, and, like, there, she's like, our, like, I did like what she freaked out. She's like, our hair isn't wet. Like, yeah. we came out of the water and our hair isn't wet. And, like, they're also talking about Dr. Fusion's secret layer. It's a lighthouse that can be seen from the beach. And it's constantly in clouds for some reason. Yeah. Like, and, um, so, yeah, so... Mac and uh, Brady are really feel like now that I'm saying I'm like Brady's name really should be Brody. Um, <laughs> like they are um, the, the the surfers and the bikers, you know, decide to join forces. Um, Tanner and Layla give a speech like we can't find his secret layer because it's a secret. I was like, this would have been way better if it was, like, in the background as they were saying it. Like, I don't remember how they find out how, like, what it was. They know about it because Brady's seen the movie so many times. No, I know, but, like, I don't remember how Tanner and Layla find out how to go there. Oh, my gosh. Um, Because Tanner finds the wreath on the beach and says, I just gave this to Mac. She would never discard this. How do you know that? What, <laughs> what, what is that based on? The 15 minutes you've spoken to her? Oh, and there was also a part where they were like, we need to get these people to fall out of love with us. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this. And it never happens. Like, I was like, are you guys just going to be really mean to these like to these fake people? Like, And just not going to work? Yeah. So, okay. So this is where I left off watching. Um, because Mac and... Uh, Brady are tied up. They hold hands and agree that it's great that they're in this situation together uh, and that they never would have gotten this time if they didn't get sucked into a movie and kidnapped, which I thought was like some really great bright siding by them. But I also think that there were other ways this could have happened. <laughs> you know, we could have just had a nice camping trip or something. Or yeah. Or, you know, driven up the coast, seen the sights. Or Brady um, could have just come visit her 
wherever it is she's going. Yeah, we don't. These, they seem to have a ton of autonomy. Yeah, we also don't find out like where Brady is in in relation to the prep school. It could just be that she's going to a, like a different school half hour outside of the town. Yeah, you know? like her aunt's going to take her. I think she says to the East Coast. But if they're in Puerto Rico, I don't know which coast they're talking about. Yeah, I, I'm I'm assuming it like Puerto Rico is standing in for California. Um, oh, okay. So they're supposed to be in California. Somehow, uh, Max's grandfather has gotten this like prime real estate on the beach by <laughs> waxing surfboards his entire life. Um, okay, so Frank, why don't you uh, round us out? Tell me. Explain to me the lore of a magic surfboard and how they solve the weather machine problem all in a matter of moments. That is too much pressure and I am leaving. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> no. Um, okay. So like it's on, basically the surfers and the bikers storm the castle. Like, you know, you have these two elderly old men. Versus, like, about two dozen or so, you know, young teens who are in very good shape. And, Susie, so do you think there are hijinks? Oh, there are definitely hijinks. Oh, boy, there are so many hijinks. People are, like, like throwing papers around and they're dancing and singing as they, like, you know, tie up the, the, the evil rich guy and the scientist um, oh, and he, they also reveal, um, Layla and Mac reveal that these two are, it, like, in a movie, and they buy it hook, line, and sinker, but it amounts to absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> I mean, the other part is, the reason that the rich man wants to do this is to make the beach into a parking lot. Which is dumb, because you would make so much more money keeping it a beach. This is just like, like, the, the bad guys on Captain Planet. Where they're like, wow, I have all this oil. Time to spill it in the ocean. I'm like, why don't you just sell it? Same result, just longer timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you you can live fat off the land if you just sell the oil legally. (laughs) They're like, Um, nope, dump it in the ocean. (laughs) Got to teach those dolphins a lesson in complacency. They should have learned to fight. Um, Oh my god, there are these hellish dolphins in Jungle Cruise. And like, (laughs) At one point, the rock says, don't make eye contact with them. They will give you nightmares. And I was like, what is this children's film? <laughs> I mean, actual night, actual nightmares. Actual dolphins are pretty ni- nightmarish. I mean, that being said, I would recommend Jungle Cruise. It's like almost three hours long, which is egregious. But <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> I mean, instead of watching this last night, my housemate and I watched... Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, like, the first. And that movie's also nearly three hours long. And I'm like, I can't believe this. <laughs> I mean, I don't um, know why this movie was two hours long. It was only an hour and 90 minutes, but it felt two hours. <laughs> what? No! Teen Beach it, movie? It was, it was 96 minutes. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I was like, it, literally in my notes, it says, this is almost two hours. <laughs> This is bad of app. <laughs> so anyway, um, at a certain point, um, Layla's brother, um, he's like, I can't unscrew this thing. My big sausage fingers don't work. 
And then Layla's like, I can do anything a boy can do. I have tiny fingers. Oh, just a reminder. uh, Layla's brother is the, and I cannot remember his name, but he is the leader of the rats, the biker gang. Oh, yeah. The, um, the, uh, uh, There's uh, also a discussion about how the surfers and bikers only don't get along because they've never gotten along. Yeah. Um, the uh, the biker's name is the Rodin's Social Club. Um, <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, they free Brady and um, Mac. Um, they the 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 lab blows up. I feel like you're really struggling with the end of this film for some reason. Because <laughs> I can't exactly remember why the lab blows up. The lab blows up. <laughs> right for the reason anything in this film happens because. <laughs> I'm I'm just like you know the Power Rangers could have made a good home here, um, <laughs> but uh, we see the mad scientist and the rich, uh, the rich guy you know. Sailing out to sea, and they're like, "We're in a movie." And he's just like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Um, they decide it's time to head back home. The rash guard reappears. The storm is <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> the the storm is on the horizon. Brady finds the jet ski that I'm assuming once he fell off of it, just like went racing down the beach and just never returned. Um, but it did return. <laughs> yes, I, I'm. This, this movie needed to just go there where Brady just stands on the beach he's, beach, he's like you have your surfboard let me call my steed and just like whistled and you just saw the like the water ski just bucking through the waves by itself so Frank I feel like you just hit on like the number one issue with this film is that it only went 80% weird it did yes. not <laughs> press the gas and go 100% weird <laughs> Put this movie in the hands of a lifetime movie director, and we would have had a great film. We would have had so many more people peering around corners, stalking in broad daylight, (laughs) setting fires to things for arbitrary reasons at best. (laughs) Men getting blown up by dynamite. um, A lot of fake deaths. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, so they get home. Mac gives... uh, and. Uh, and Antoinette's speech. Um, we have the the after credit sequence where uh, the bikers and the surfers are confounded by a cell phone. Um, that's it. That's the end of the movie. And it, <laughs> and we're set up for team ceremoniously ended. That's it. <laughs> and we're set up for Team Beach Two. That's not happening, right? Oh no, that already happened. What? <laughs> Okay. I I haven't gotten a reaction out of you like that in a while, and I'm very happy. <laughs> what what could even happen? Uh, now you have the the 1960s kids in the real world, like with all their fake slang. Yes. Um, I was I, like really offended by that fake slang. I was like, I watch Mad Men. That is not real slang. Just imagine. Just imagine if Don Draper showed up in this. He's like, hey, kids, here's something else you don't recognize. He would be furious. <laughs> He'd be uh, chain-smoking and, like, hitting on, like, inappropriate people. Oh, God. I want that to happen now. 
that's the crossover we need. I know John Hamm doesn't want to play Don Draper anymore, but we might need to make an exception. Uh, there's a, uh, apparently the beach is in trouble in um, Teen Beach 2. So the beach has become the new horse ranch. I think, Frank, I for real thought the problem was going to be that the grandfather's shack was getting foreclosed upon. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready for it. There's this Jay Leno-looking grandpa. He's definitely <laughs> losing his home. My brain was just like, there's this J-Lo grandpa. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see that, too. Like, grandpa's just dancing the whole time. <laughs> rhythm of the night. Whoa. It's just it's just like normal J-Lo, but she's just referred to as grandpa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, now that she's with Ben Affleck again, I'm into so. it. Okay, um, I don't know. I guess watch this while you're doing something else. Do not put all of your attention on this, or it will give you a uh, cluster headache. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Frank seems to enjoy it more than I did, which actually made me appreciate it more, but it it <laughs> is nutty. It's just like a weird, nutty movie that doesn't get bananas enough, in my opinion. I'm glad we watched it, admittedly. Like, it was just... I feel like it was the perfect way to close out the summer. It's just like, I don't know. Now that I've watched The Green Knight like three times in movie theaters, I'm like, everything just needs to be that weird. <laughs> like, that's the, I, I feel like it would probably be unwatchable for other people. But I, like, Beth fell asleep during Green Knight when we went to see it. But I was like, no, that's, this is exactly how I want a film to be. That seems like a Beth move. Yeah, well, I mean, she's incredibly pregnant, so I mean, that happens. You just get very sleepy. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next week, um, can you hear the smile in my voice, Susie? Oh my god, I can. The, like, sheer joy radiating <laughs> out, out of you over Skype is... <laughs> it's um, a lot. Uh, yeah, so we're starting Skywalker September with, you know, the very first Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Yes. Um, oh boy. If anyone has any, like, I don't know, recommendations or primers for someone, me, a person completely ignorant of Star Wars anything, you can write us at realteengirltalk at gmail.com. Um, I would also like if our listeners would like to take bets on whether or not Susie's going to enjoy these movies. Yeah, I don't know what the over under on that would be. Um, do so, you want to think? Oh. No, because I was going to say, like, as a prep, like, I'm going to come at these movies, like, I love these movies. I've loved them since I was a kid, but I am going to come at these with that love, but also as a reviewer, uh -huh. like, because I want to bring that energy to it, because, <laughs> like, I was thinking about them, knowing that this is coming up, I'm like, there are some problems. <laughs> like, um, in fact, like... I'm probably just really not going to know who anyone is. <laughs> um, the, the first three films are very easy. Um, it's just like this person, this person, archetypes, 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 you know, okay. The, okay. the, the prequels, it gets a little muddy. Um, we're not doing the prequels. So, okay. So, um, we want to thank our sponsor, Thousand Fell. Uh, all of the info is in the episode notes. Um, you can follow us on Facebook. We have a group and page that Frank moderates. Frank has another podcast. It's called I Hope I Can Make It Through. They are watching Degrassi. It's him and his friend Donnie. 
Um, they are in season six, uh, I guess forever and always at this point. <laughs> we, 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 we took a little hiatus, but we're going to be coming back soon. I promise. That's why we're still in season six. <laughs> okay. And until next week, I am Suzy Coda. I'm Fracken Coda. Team, Team Coda. Team Coda.